the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And I am uh, warm inside the studio, and uh, but looking uh, looking out the window, knowing I'm going to be out there a little bit later on. Maybe some of you are out there in this blizzard, as they're calling it here in Southern California. It's not really a blizzard everywhere, but it is up in the hills. And uh, what a crazy, crazy storm. I hope that you're driving safely. I'm glad that I can be here with you, maybe as you're going home or getting ready to, or maybe you're already home. Hey, it's Open Line Friday, and that means we'll take your calls on any subject that you'd like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call right now, and we'll take your calls on anything that you'd like to talk about. It can be something in the news. Maybe you've got a Bible question, something that is on your mind. Maybe uh, there were a couple of... Of, of things this week that we ran out of time and didn't get to your calls. And uh, so you might have been on hold for a while and then uh, we didn't get to. Well, today's a day where you can call back and uh, get that conversation going again. It's Open Line Friday. There's the uh, the news clip that we used. Hey, let's talk about the weather a little bit. What's it like where you are at right now? Are you dealing with... Um, Flooding, there are flash flood warnings and snow warnings and blizzard warnings, all kinds of things that we're hearing about on the news today. Considerable rainfall and even snow is expected in the mountain areas as the day goes on. As for the coasts and valleys, we could see anywhere from one and a half inches to three inches of rain, four to six inches in the foothills and mountains in Ventura County. Snow levels are expected to be around 4,500 feet and up to five feet of snow could fall in some locations. Now, they are saying the heaviest rain is yet to come. The Ventura County Sheriff's Emergency Services says that should happen later tonight into tomorrow morning. There is a flood watch as well. That is set to last until tomorrow evening. We could see flooding in rivers, creeks, and streams, along with flooding in low-lying and flood-prone locations. So you are going to want to be careful. Be aware of that. That was KTLA talking about the uh, flooding in L.A. And it's... uh there is flooding, there is snow, there is windy weather everywhere. Did you get snow where you are? Is uh, I don't think it came down as low as maybe they were expecting. It seemed a little warmer to me. Stayed in the 40s where, where I was. But uh, I know that some people, if you live up in the high desert, Palmdale, Lancaster area, you've got some snow. How much is it up there? I'm curious because I grew up there. And, you know, whenever it snowed, it was great because we canceled school. We had no idea what to do with it. We had um, a couple of times while I was growing up, massive snow. If you've been around 1984, uh, not the uh, the book, uh, which is a lot more like 2024, if you think about it. But in 1984, for real, we had a major snowstorm in the Antelope Valley and kept us out of school. It was, the it was as a kid, you know, the most wonderful thing. I would have been grade school and you look out the window uh, and you see this beautiful snow. In fact, uh, we didn't see it at first. We were up, and a friend of ours called and called my dad, his, one of his friends, and said, there's no school today. And he said, what do you mean? And he says, haven't you looked out the window? I completely remember that conversation because I overheard it you know, on my side. And then I looked out the window, and it was fabulous. 
and uh, you know snow days. You, uh, you, we used to get those once a while, and we appreciate, uh, and I always appreciated doing that. Of course, then I always wished that it would snow, and I used to stay up late at night looking out my window, wondering about whether or not it's going to snow, and wondering if I should even bother to do my homework because maybe it's going to snow. And I actually have a friend who did that. He he thought it was going to snow. We all thought it was going to snow, and then it didn't. Uh, and he didn't do his homework. Uh, you can't uh, count can't count your chickens before they're hatched, or you know, um, whatever that statement is. And that's what he did. All right, open line Friday eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. How is the storm affecting you? What have you found um, interesting about it? Maybe something that you're experiencing, or anything else you want to talk about? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Let's go to Anna in Alhambra. Anna, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Hi. Anna. So, um, I'd like to talk about grief. Okay. Uh, go ahead and speak right into your phone so we can hear you well. Okay, Anna. Can you hear me now? I can hear you better now. Yeah, thank you. That's cool. So. About grief. All right. Are you going through grief uh, right now, or going through some of that process, or somebody you know? Are you there? And it's, uh, hey, Anna, I'm going to put you on hold for a second because I don't have a very good um, I don't have a very good connection. So if you just can can uh, get to a place where you can get a really good connection, I'll come back to you in in just a second. You know, a lot of people are going through uh, a lot of stuff, so I don't know what uh, particular thing Anna has on her mind. I'll go back to her in a second. But uh, people are, are dealing with stuff, uh, that is for sure. And part of why we're here is we get to um, we get to talk to each other about those things and point people to Christ. Let me try, uh, let's see, uh, just a second here. We're, Wilbert's uh, checking in to see if we got a better connection here with Anna. You can give us a call, 888 528 Two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Anyway, back to the weather. Um, the traffic for me coming in this morning wasn't that bad. I think a lot of people are staying home. I noticed the parking garage where I am is pretty empty, and I've, I've noticed that. I think that a lot of people, at least where I am, where the studio is, a lot of people are back to work. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, you know, going back to work and not just working at home. But because of the COVID and the shutdowns, we learned that. We can do our job from home, uh, a lot of us, right? And I've noticed that whenever the weather is bad or whenever there is something happening that um, you know might be a reason that the traffic is bad, some people stay home. I've noticed that around here, that some days there's just nobody in the parking garage. Today is one of those days. And the freeway, people were driving slowly, thankfully, but um, the freeways were pretty clear and I got here pretty quick. I'm hoping that's the case on the way home since we get done here at 5 o'clock, and that's a perfect time to get on the uh, L.A. Fr- uh, freeways. Um, Anna's going to call us back here in just a minute on that subject. All right, getting back to uh, to the snow. Um, we used to, I remember driving to school sometimes in the snow up there in the Antelope Valley. Sometimes they didn't cancel school. Sometimes they did. But it was really one of the, the coolest parts I remember about growing up. How do you feel about these storms? Do you feel like this is an inconvenience or do you feel like this is something that is um, good? I was I had to walk in it for a while this morning. I had uh, some things to pick up for the office and I did that and I was glad to be out there. You know, it was stormy. I would be bugged, I think, if it were a couple of days of that, being that I'm from Southern California where uh, these things happen. 
and uh, where these things don't happen that often, right? But I, for me, I like the change of pace. I like it where last week we could have gone to the beach, and then all of a sudden now we're back with stormy winter weather. I like that. I like that about Southern California. And uh, this is, they say this is a – we haven't had a storm like this since 1989. That's the other time I remember a big snow that kept us out of school. And for us, it kept us out of school for an extra week or two because the roof caved in in our school. And as a kid, you think that's fantastic. <laughs> you don't if you work there, and you don't if you are, you know, uh, somebody who, um, you know, connects uh, somebody who works there and somebody who needs to have their job, obviously. But as a kid, you think those things are are pretty cool. Well, whatever the case is, stay safe out there in the rain and in your driving, especially. And stay um, aware of people on the road. And uh, the number is 888-528-2557. If you're having trouble getting through, just go ahead and uh, and call back. And uh, I see the I see the phone lines uh, jumping up and down here, so I'm going to grab it here in just a second. And uh, so, yeah, okay. You know, I wonder if the rain causes that. Uh, bad connections and stuff. Are those days still the same? It used to be, you know, if there was bad weather or something, you would have bad connections or it was hard to do certain things. And I think the technology is so much better. Maybe it's because they're underground. A lot of the wires are underground now. And they used to be, you know, everywhere outside. Maybe where you're living now, you still have telephone poles and the wires going by. But a lot of communities have been able to put those underground. And I think that saves an awful lot. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about today. And uh, Paul in Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, I'd like to talk about uh, capturing this rain because I heard that there's problems when it washes out to the sea, and they capture even in apartments at New York City the, as a community, you know? Yeah, we don't do a real good job at capturing the rainwater. Uh, in California. Right. I mean, that's what a big, I mean, I can't leave it up to just government. It's got, it's got to get people to start to be able to think for themselves and get people to be aware of this, you know, especially at a junior high age or high school. You know, that's, it's the school system. It comes back to the school system. You know, there's an interesting thing, uh, Paul, about this, is that the, the government doesn't always let you collect your own water, your own rainwater. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm aware of that, even in Oregon, where it rains a lot. So that's a farmer got in trouble, you know. Yeah, each rain. state kind of has, and even other jurisdictions, have their own rules about collecting rainwater, which to me seems crazy, right? But uh, yeah. I think part of it is because they're maybe afraid of what you might do with it. Um, and especially if it's been hitting the, the ground or if it's in the gutter, you know, they don't want you drinking, you know, oil or, you know, other yeah, things like that. From people's roofs, that does and then if you know how to do reverse osmosis or things like that, you have a machinery to do that. It just removes all the problems from the air. You have to have the right equipment, and that's that's kind of where this is headed, where in a lot of states, including California, it used to be completely illegal in California to do this. But yeah. and the, what happens is, is the water that's coming off your roof, it's not clean. You know, there's all kinds of stuff on your roof, things that animals leave behind. If you know what I'm talking about, pigeons and and for, stuff, for seagulls. Garden. Yeah, I understand that. I'm saying for for a garden, that's sort of not for drinking water, just for gardening. Right. 
I think yeah. it's it's perfect for garden water, right? Is and uh, right. you do that, and there are ways to do that. And some places that are built now have all that in there, but it seems like it's something we should do better. I think as far as the state of California goes and our large uh, water basins and stuff, we're only able to capture about twenty percent of all this rain that's uh, falling in uh, in the Southern California wow. area. About twenty percent of it we catch. The rest of it goes out wow. to the ocean. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the call make people aware of this, some people. so Yeah, I think it's something. Uh, thanks for your call, Paul. I appreciate that very much. Uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. So you can give a call now, 888-528-2557. I thought we would start off by talking about the rain and the weather, how it might be affecting you. Maybe you've experienced something. I was looking at... The news in North Hollywood and right by uh, Burbank Airport, uh, the, ro- the road's all flooded out and the planes are landing right above it. And uh, there's cars just stuck in the middle of what looks like a river. Um, and, you know, so pay attention. Don't don't think you can just drive through uh, some some water. Be really, really careful about that as you're driving there. There was everybody was just stuck and there must have been seven or eight cars just stuck in the middle of the road there uh, right there in the valley. So. Um, that is a really big deal. Yeah. On the, on the saving water, that's, I think that this is something that the future, you know, if we really care about water, if we're worried about drought, we're arguing about whether or not we should put in a desalination plant so uh, we can take ocean water. It feels like there is so much more that we can do to harvest and and save the rainwaters that uh, fall like this, and it's just all going out there. Anyway, if you're into that, check the laws where you are, because uh, and especially if you plan to drink it or use it with food, it can be very, very dangerous uh, to do all of that. All right. Did you know a uh, story today that the the guy who won the California lottery winner uh, lottery, the $2 billion one, not the California one. It was Powerball or something, right? One of those one of those things. He won $2 billion. The take-home pay, he got lump sum. The take-home was almost $1 billion, $999 million, $997 million after taxes. That's what he got to take home. And it's an interesting story because he he didn't come forward right away to get this reward something I think that's funny is what would you do if you had that kind of money? He became the uh, 1250th or something uh, richest person in the world overnight. There's 1200, it means there's 1200 billionaires out there. Uh, 1200th wealthiest person overnight. What would you do if you had that kind of money? You know what this guy did is he went out and hired a publicist <laughs> because when he, when it was announced, the lottery said uh, he didn't show up to the press conference, which is understandable, I think, but he left a statement. And the statement said that he was shocked and and ecstatic to have won. But the statement said, but the real winner is the state public education system. The Powerball jackpot rolled on for more than three, uh, Powerball jackpot rolled on for three months and it got up to that amount. And here's what he said, that the real winner was the the state education system. And he says, quote, as someone who received the rewards of being educated in the California public education system, it's gratifying to hear that as a result of my win, the California school system greatly benefits as well. There's no way on earth he wrote that. (laughs) Nobody says that. What are you going to do with them? What do you feel? How do you feel about winning the lottery? I'm just glad that the schools win too. 
No, you're not. It hasn't crossed. Your mind is blown by this. And that's what he did. He went out and he hired a publicist who wrote that. And uh, I bet it was a publicist that the uh, lottery people recommended. <laughs> because, you know, somebody wrote this statement about the lottery. You know, you won a billion dollars. You are one of the wealthiest people ever to live on planet Earth. And your response is, it's gratifying to hear that as a result of my win, the California school system greatly benefits as well. And there was a lottery jingle or something that played at the end of his message there. That made me laugh. You know, the first thing, you know, what, do you, what would you do if you won a billion dollars? I think I would go out and put my uh, cell phone on auto pay. Not worry about that bill so much, right? It's just going to happen. Uh, I probably can't do that with my Southern California gas bill. I would have thought so, but not after last month. Still can't afford, uh, can't afford that. Anyway, he's, uh, he's getting sued. And this was in the news today. And this, by the way, is a a lesson for you in all of this, is that uh, sometimes you think that maybe winning a billion dollars is going to be good for you. But what lottery winners and people who have had large windfalls often find is that there is a barrage of new problems. And getting sued is just one of them. Now, I don't know. The person who's suing him says that he stole the ticket. And the California lottery says that, uh, no, we we're very confident that he's the legitimate winner. And I would think so. I would think that wherever you're buying the lottery ticket, maybe it's not everywhere, but I would think that most places, I think he got it at a convenience store. There's probably a camera, right? There's a timestamp on the ticket to where you bought it. There's, he's got to be on camera buying the ticket. I would imagine they have some access to that and can prove it, um, but maybe not. Anyway, something to think about. If you If you are sitting here today and you're thinking that all you need is a bunch of money. All you need, if you just had this, if you just had this money or if you just had this education or if you just had this amount of material needs in your life and then your life would be better. You know, every single thing that comes into your life has griefs of its own and difficulties of its own. And the lottery winners don't do well. You know, a billion dollars is a lot, but uh, you'd be surprised how fast you could blow a uh, billion dollars. And if you're getting sued, if you're you're having family members asking for money all the time, friends asking for money, people who say that they're friends asking for money, and you're getting accused of stealing it, and you got to go hire lawyers, and you got to go to court, and you got to do depositions, and you know, it's um, just be aware that life is not about the money, and the great things in life, the are are not things that come in material wealth. Material wealth can make you more comfortable, but it doesn't solve the issues of life. Sometimes it brings more griefs. Johnny Carson once said that the only thing that money does, and he was super wealthy, also super generous. In fact, uh, people didn't know until he died that he may have been the most generous person uh, in uh, the entertainment industry out here in uh, California. Johnny Carson said that the only thing that money does for you is you don't worry about where your next meal is coming from. Like, you're not going to worry about being able to eat. You're able to do that. Other than that, he says it's not really helping you with your stuff. And he had a lot of stuff going on in his life. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let's go back to Anna. Anna, thanks for calling back. Do we have a better uh, connection now? <clears throat> Anna? Oh, I think we lost Anna again. Okay, Anna, you got to get a uh, try to get a really good, uh, really good connection if you if you can. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Uh, later on in our show, we will have uh, the the uh, uh, what do we call it? When it's not, the, I was going to call it the lunacy of the week. Maybe I like that better. The anyway is. 
we should have a vote on what we're going to call it. Uh, we want to do this segment. We're doing it every week now. And uh, why, why am I I'm blanking on that? But I like, kind of like the lunacy of the week. Absurdity of the week. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's been a rainy day uh, today. A lot of stuff going on uh, around here and uh, other stuff today. And what's that? Yeah, we're, we're going to have to have a how do we put Scott in the, uh, in the punishment room. All right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Remember the guy who um, was part of the Biden administration who was stealing luggage? Remember this guy? His name was Sam Brinton. And he's this non-binary uh, person. And Sam uh, Brinton was fired because he was stealing luggage at the airport. He would, he would, he was, he's a guy who dresses like a woman and he says he's non-binary. And he was part of Joe Biden's nuclear waste disposal uh, department. <laughs> and uh, he was hired because he's non-binary and they wanted to brag about that. Anyway... Imagine this. So this guy got fired because apparently he steals luggage from the baggage claim area at airports. He must have had a heyday with that Southwest debacle at Christmas time and all that luggage everywhere. Anyway, he steals your bags and uh, leaves with it. Well, imagine that your luggage was stolen five years ago. You took a trip somewhere and they lost your luggage. You don't know what happened to it. But you're watching TV and all of a sudden you see your clothes on somebody. Well, this happened. Uh, there's a woman, her name is Asa Kashmin, and she is a Tanzanian fashion designer. Um, and she, so she designs these clothes that are very traditional, that are Tanzanian, and they're just very, very distinct. And she's watching television and she sees this guy, no joke, this is absolutely true. No joke, she sees Sam Brinton wearing her clothes that she had stolen from her in 2018. So this guy's been doing this for a long time. So he, he stole it in 2018, and he's wearing her stuff. And it's, it's super distinctive. And on her Twitter account, she is posting pictures of her in her clothes and then him in the same outfit. Can you imagine? What are the odds of that? It's pretty hilarious that she would discover that in this world today. So this guy stole her bag, stole her clothes, and now he's parading about in uh, her her nice clothes. It's super nice, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful clothes. And uh, he's wearing it out there. And uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, your government officials. I got to take a break. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll get back to your calls as soon as we return. This is Southern California Live Friday edition. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a moment. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Rainy day here in Southern California, but a lot less rainy because we get to be together. It's Open Line Friday. That was really schmaltzy of me, uh, that line right there. But, uh, hey, it is good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about, something in the news, Bible question, uh, something that is on your mind. You can change the subject today, 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm I'm doing fine, Ted. Are you calling to announce your run for the presidency yet? <laughs> you know, you never know what God has planned, but uh, I'm glad that you voted for me so far. <laughs> well, that's right. If you run, I will vote for you. 
Amen. Amen. All right, Ted, um, what's on your mind today? Uh, well, I just had to share what my father shared with me, and he was the highest IQ in the, during the Korean War for the American military. And he basically said, Ted, if you took all the money in the world and you distributed it evenly throughout the world within a short amount of time, the people that had the money to begin with would have it all back. Hmm. And that's what he said. And also, one time we were driving in a 59 Ford Country Sedan station wagon, and I about come over the dashboard and I said, look, Daddy, look what he's doing for a living. How could somebody do that for a living? And my father said very calmly, and he never would look at you because he's a farm boy from northern Minnesota raised on a dairy farm. He said, son, he might be happy. And that blew me away. I think I was 10 years old. I, I, I just said, wow, what a concept. He might be happy. And I found this through life. There's so many people that are so grateful, you know, for what they have. You know, they, ha they have a full family, the gardener that has six grandchildren, you know, and he's still with the same wife. I mean, just amazing, amazing stories. And I disagree with Johnny Carson. Uh, uh, as Christians, um, we don't worry about whether we're going to eat or not. I always get fed. The phone rings. You know, when I when I least expect it, and uh, it's always a surprise. It's like uh, Christmas when Jesus uh, rewards us for hard work. So, yeah, all right. Well, thank you for that, Ted. I appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to your uh, presidential run and announcement uh, later on. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know that Johnny Carson was trying to be theological when he said that uh, having money, the only thing you do is that you don't worry about where you're going to eat. But uh, I see what you're saying there, Ted. And, uh, you know, it's um, something about life that I think that matters. you got to be your, – your joy is not going to come from your circumstances ultimately. Right? Your joy is in the Lord. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, joy is independent of circumstances. Uh, happiness, you know, can be based on different things and it can go up and down. But the joy that you have in your heart is not about how much money you have or how much wealth you've been able to accomplish. It's about where you are with God ultimately. And if you have, St. Augustine would have written it this way. He would, have said, he would have said, you have to have ordered loves. Like the things, if you're unhappy in life or you're struggling in life, probably one of the things that you've got going wrong is that your your loves are out of order. There's something that you love too much that you're trying to get that is something that isn't worthy of that level of love. So you're supposed to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That should be number one. And if you're putting something above God that you love, and it might be money, it might be a relationship, it might be you know a, a relationship with your spouse or a friend or somebody, you know those things eventually will disappoint even if they're great. But if those things are your loves, you can still love those things, but if they are beneath your love of the Lord, you love the Lord first, and then you love your spouse, and then you love your kids, and then you love your work, you, you, your loves begin, get in the right order, and if the right thing to love is on top, then whatever happens in your life, you're going to be able to go through it better if you have your loves in the right order. And that's a great question for each of us all the time is, have we ordered our loves? Are the things that really drive us, are the things that um, cause us to get up in the morning, are they the right things? Because if they're not, they're going to disappoint at uh, at some point. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number. Dan in Rancho Santa Margarita. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, hi, Dan. Yeah, I just wanted to um, – I uh, 
I've been fascinated with a couple things that have happened just lately. One, the Asbury uh, revival in Kentucky, and then the movie that just came out, Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And I just got out of the theater here in Rancho Santa Margarita uh, watching the Jesus Revolution, and I can't um, recommend it enough. I think everybody should get out there and see it. I think it's an excellent movie. I think it's right for the times we're living in, and I just think it has a lot of great messages in it. And uh, that combined with the revival in Kentucky, I think we can all learn something and and maybe look at to see what 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 helps spur a Jesus revolution. What mm. helps to spur an Asbury and that what is it that works in those cases that change our lives and influence us? And I think those are two things to evaluate now. And I think it's at a critical time uh, in what's going on with our society and stuff. There's so much division and all that. I think these things could bring us together and point us to a, a, a true gospel. Do you feel like that movie uh, has, you said you just left the theater, so you just saw it today. Yeah. Did it, did yeah, it... I just saw it at noon and I got out about an hour ago. Yeah, did you feel like it made you um, more hopeful? Well, it only makes me hopeful if people watch it and get inspired by it, just mm. like the Asbury. I hope people are paying attention there. I hope people are paying attention, and I hope they're asking their questions. What would it take to have revival in my heart? What would it take to have revival in my church? What would ha- happen if revival hit our towns, our cities, our state, our nation? And it's just something that I feel like there was a little spurt here, like maybe it, it could be a spark. And I thought, what would happen if we all got inspired by this and that spark turned into a wildfire and that? And and I was just kind of making a note here a second ago of what do these things have that are touching in that? And, um, you know, I like these, these, these movements are very friendly to God and to Jesus. And there's some things that they both have in common, and that's humility, love, acceptance confession. And uh, I was just thinking of what some of the enemies of, of God are. And, uh, and in this movie, sometimes organized religion can be an en- enemy of God. Spiritual arrogance can be an enemy of God. Hmm. Pride can be an enemy of God. Showmanship can be an enemy of God. And judgment pronounced by church people is often a stumbling block in in this world, especially when you read the media. They talk about these judgmental Christians and that, and they're right to a certain extent. That's part of the picture. But another part of the picture is Asbury and Jesus Revolution, where people accepted other people. They loved on people. They loved the other and that, and they were humbled by it. Like Chuck Smith, he's no perfect person, but he um, changed. You saw first that he kind of had his hair up, when these hippies and barefoot people and people that were countercultural invaded his church, and yet you saw him start to change, and you you saw people in his church leave because these hippies and these barefooted, dirty people were coming in, but his heart started to change, yeah. and he opened up, and what a beautiful thing that was to see. You know, Dan, I think you've got uh, you've got the reaction that I also had. I was able to see this in a preview last week. And um, I think that people are going to have this reaction, and I'm hoping that people see it and they ask questions about themselves. What do I need to do to love people more? How do I do that without sacrificing, you know, compromising the gospel, but keeping the gospel simple? 
And, you know, the issues you bring up, it's a feel-good movie, you know, ultimately, right? But it does touch on the the conflicts that you just said, Uh, conflicts about making the church an idol or making the church all about you or the ministry all about you, um, struggling with people who are different or people who are dirty or people who have sin, all of those things we struggle with. And I'm glad the movie touched on all those things. Who are the hippies today? It's a great question. You know, and I, I came up with a few things. I said, you know, uh, you know, the gay community that hasn't always been treated well, uh, you know, in the church, the uh-huh. trans community. And I'm not endorsing these lifestyles. I think they're right. sinful like the rest of us. But I think we need to have a humility. Maybe my struggle is not your struggle, but our struggles may be sinful. But we should love each other and help each other grow and try to communicate that love of God. He loves you if you're gay. He loves you if you're hippie. But he doesn't want you to stay necessarily the way you are. He does want you to clean up. But you can be dirty when you come and that. But we need humility and prayer and confession and and humility. That's we need to be humble. I think that's a. I think you're you're right on point, Dan. I appreciate that, and I think it's a great question for everybody to ask on their way out of that movie: is who are the hippies today, and how do we love those people? Um, and Absolutely. that matters a lot. Dan, thank you so much for calling and giving us your review of Jesus Revolution. Appreciate it. Glad that you saw that movie, and thanks for listening to our show. Thank you. All right. Hey, have you seen Jesus Revolution? Uh, What did you think of it? Uh, I think you are going to come out having those same questions that Dan had, that, you know, it is a feel-good movie, but it does touch on the the conflicts and not everything's, you know, perfect. In fact, I think in that movie for a while, I started to think, are they going to just sort of make everything just clean and nice? Um, Or are they going to touch on some of the, the struggles that the people who were even involved in that had in their life? And uh, they do. And I think it's it's something that should challenge church people um, to take a look at our church. Yesterday, I asked you to think about this question when you go see that movie, is ask yourself, who are you? There's a couple of scenes in it where uh, Christians have to make a decision about how they're going to love or not love uh, in this movie, the hippies, or in this movie, even somebody who might be dating your daughter or somebody who might be dating your son, or what about people who are doing drugs and stuff? And we have a we have a similar thing today. I think that it's maybe a little harder today, but the answer is the same, to reach out to people who feel very unloved, who feel very alone, and who have been excluded in many ways from the church. Um, you know, and some people exclude exclude themselves because they don't want to to repent or find truth. But a lot of people are involved in things that are complicated and difficult um, because they're hurting, because they're searching for some kind of truth and acceptance. That's a big thing. It's a it's a large conversation. But a lot of what's happening with the the trans stuff, especially with kids. Uh, is that you suddenly find yourself important because you're trans and now you have all these different rights and people are paying you attention and you're kind of the center of things and you you feel loved initially. It's just that later on you discover, as many people are who are detransitioning discover, that they're being lied to uh, about a lot of stuff. But there's definitely something here where the message of the gospel is where we need to land. I'm going to take a break. I'll get to your calls uh, as soon as I get back. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. You can call for any reason, 888-528-2557, anything you want to talk about. And as soon as I come back, I'll get your calls. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Friday edition of Southern California Live. Be right back. 
This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. Uh, you can call about anything you'd like today because it is Open Line Friday, Bible questions, something going on in the news, in the culture that you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. Yolanda, North Hollywood. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yolanda, you're not uh, getting uh, washed away by some of the rivers I've seen in the streets there today, have you? are you? No, no I was going to go out earlier, but it was flooding in my courtyard. It was, I, I couldn't go out. It was tremendous, so... I'm yeah. In the house. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you're you're doing okay. So, thanks for calling Thank today. What's you. on your mind? Well, Scott, um, you know, I love this open Friday, but my narrative changes based on who's calling in, right. uh, you know, as to how I want to respond. At first it was something you said about prioritizing your love. Yeah. And then secondly, Dan mentioned about he walked away from the movie, which I plan on seeing. Uh, asking the question, who are the hippies of today? Yeah. Which is, it, it's a great question to ponder. And, you know, I think we have to be careful. I guess as a Christian, sometimes you're careful. It's a fine line between the hate adjective and the judgment adjective. Mm. And I don't, I try not to ever judge because I didn't create the people. Ju- only God has the room to judge. But he does clearly say in his word, and I share that with people. Say, for instance, uh, Dan mentioned the gay community are looked at as the hippies of the day. Well, but if I'm asked, I have several people I associate with that have gay daughters or gay sons. So if I'm at a dinner party and we get into that conversation and they ask my opinion, I give them my honest opinion. I always quote the word. Like in Corinthians, I think the sixth chapter, it tells you who are those that will not make it into the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is heaven. So, you know, idolaters, adulterers, sexual immorality, what have you. So I just, you know, I, I tell it from God's point of view. It's not me. I'm not judging. I'm just, I will side with the Lord. He decides who gets in and out of the kingdom or in the kingdom so I share that with her. I just share the word. I give them book and, and chapter and verse mm. in the Bible so they can see it for themselves. I think it's a really important thing that you do it that way where you're not the one making the determination that ultimately it's yeah. God, right? That yeah. that people can say, well, I don't like what this church says or I don't like what that pastor says or this person says. But at the end of the day, it's not what that person says, right? It's what God says. And that's, that's what people right. have to reconcile. That's right. And when they stand in front of that great white right throne, it'll be between them and God, not me and them or what have you. So I just, that's how I look at it. I don't, I don't judge people, but I, I do tell them my, my opinion based on how God, yeah. God, God rules, you know, that's, yeah. that's all. I think I'm for, on God's side. That's I'm right. not on your side. I'm on God's side. So if God says it's wrong, then if you ask me my opinion, I believe it's wrong also. So that's how I face things. Yeah. You know, with the uh, Jesus Revolution movie and the idea of who are the hippies, we've got to be careful how we ask that question, right? Because we, we're not, we shouldn't ask that question to say, who is beneath me, right? Yeah. Uh, that's because right. we're all at the same level. That's, you know, that's something important. We all need God the same way. 
But it is a good question to ask internally to say, who is it that I'm not loving because of something right. right that they're not doing? And that could be a whole bunch of people. We all probably have hippies in our life, right, that maybe we just feel something toward that God is saying, no, I died for them just like I died for you. Yeah. You know, and you might be their hippie, right? And they, they in fact, <laughs> you know, the dialogue in that movie from the 60s, right, is that uh, Pastor Chuck is a square, right? Uh, yeah. So it goes both ways there. So, uh, hey, thank you for your call, Yolanda, and stay safe out there in the weather. I will. Thank you. I mean, that movie, I'm just praying. I prayed on it that it bring revival. I, I just hope that it sparks, as Dan says, that it sparks revival. I think it's I saw the trailer. I think it's a great uh, it's a great tool. Yep, it is. It's a really good right. film. So. All right. Let me know what you think about it whenever you get a chance to see it. Thank you. All right, Yolanda. 888-528-2557 is the number. Open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. JT in Hermosa Beach. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thank you for having me, Scott. Great show. Love the job that you do. Thank you. And uh, you do a great job like your predecessors, uh, you know. Um, uh, the Franks. Franks, yes. <laughs> and uh, and Warren Duffy who yeah. preceded them. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And I think that... Uh, Warren, having worked in the media before and the, being a disc jockey, would have approved of this film as well, and Frank Pastore as well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I saw the director's cut. I'm going to be uh, going and I'm going to see the, uh, the film in the theater. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, number one, from what I can see of it, number one, it starts with a script. A journalism teacher told this to me years ago who had worked as a news anchor for CBS. He knew all about it. It's, and he became a Christian. He was raised up in the church and. Uh, years ago, and uh, but he told this to me, and I agree. And I think the script is excellent. It it doesn't beat you over the head. It does what a classic film does. It grabs you. Any right. film that you can think of, you can go back to Casablanca. You can go back to whatever film you want, High Noon. Any classic movie, it does that. And this does it. Also, of course, Kelsey's got such a great voice. He's got like that voice in the same, you know, as uh, James Earl Jones and um, and Orson Welles. He's got that that. It draws you in. It's just a great speaking voice. And the, probably the only difference between him and Chuck Smith is that Chuck Smith, and he didn't have the same voice tone. His was deeper. Mm-hmm. But the, the mannerisms are, are so much alike. However, the, and the other thing, too, is is that it, so many of the, the huge hit records at the time wore by Edwin Starr. And I just want to celebrate Rare Earth and the Doobie Brothers. Uh, you know, Jesus is just all right with me. and. Right. Um, you know, and, and uh, the music in the movie is is great too. What they picked, yeah, is, and, that, and 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 Free Ride by the Edgar Winter Group. You know, and yeah. and and and, uh, and and Lonely People. Those songs all are so different than the music today because they all had good lyrics and a good message in there of hope to people. And that's and before I go, I think that's one of the things we've lost in that period. Mm. We had it like back when Kennedy was president sixty years ago. We didn't yet have this the the rebellion in the early '60s, like when he was president or Eisenhower, where there was a rebellion against manners. You know, we rebelled right. against everything, including Leave It to Beaver and the Donna Reed Show and all these classic shows. And so, Greg's right about that. The hippies, I think, went too far. Dr. Benjamin Spock recanted of that because he said we the idea of rebelling against boundaries was wrong. You've got to have freedom with boundaries. So they went too far. And I think one of the reasons why we're in the mess we're in today is because the, the, the Jesus Revolution represented the light the light side of it. They incorporated the manners and the, all of those you know values 
you know, and, 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 and along with the love of Christ in there. But a lot of the hippies who rejected Christ planted seeds that I think the millennials and the Zers have picked up on where it's all about you, if I'm making sense in what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And Angela Lansbury, the actress, who was one of my favorites then, her daughter got roped into the Manson family. That was the dark side of that counterculture, right. along with the Altamont concert with the Rolling Stones. Those were bad things. Yeah. The, the, there was a lot of good things back then, but those things and the assassinations of leaders in Vietnam and, and later Watergate were negative things. But I'm in closing, but I think that Angela said something. She said that I think that uh, that she made the point in interviews that she felt that one of the reasons why we become a selfish society is because um, there was an idea that was planted then and a distorted one that freedom means it's all about you and, and nobody else matters. Whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat, do your own thing. And that leads to selfishness if it's not corrected, you know, if it's not controlled. And I, I think there's some truth to that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that, you know, ultimately what we're doing is and is we are looking for truth within ourself and not for ultimate mm-hmm. truth, right? That's part of the problem today in today's yeah. world. Like even the hippies, the difference is there's a lot right. of similarities between the culture in the late 60s and the culture today. But one of the things that's harder today is at the end of the day, the hippies probably were looking for some kind of truth, right? I which, would agree. Which is why you know they're looking in the wrong place. Today, we're just looking to invent our own truth and then try to force that upon others. Yes. And that's the problem, right, is that we, we are yeah. – we have it's a whole different thing where we've decided to dismantle the possibility that I might be wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. But but then the problem is is that when we dis that's why when we disagree with somebody today they are a bad person because they're they are not allowing you to have your truth and it doesn't make any sense. But that's the I think the the evil of our time today. Um, at the same time, I don't think that there's anything that um, Jesus Christ through his church, meaning everybody listening today who's a Christian, that we can't figure this out and love people and point them to the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. that's something that I believe that we can do. I got to let you go, JT. We're almost up at a hard break. And I'm Thank like, you very much. Yeah, thanks for calling and listening to Southern California Live. Uh, Anna, welcome to Southern California Ooh. Live. I might have to hold you over the break, Anna, but thanks for calling back. Do we have a good connection now? Do we have a good a good connection now? Yeah, you sound uh, you sound much better. Oh, thank now, God! I might have to put you on hold again because we got a break here in a couple of moments. But you wanted to talk about grief. Yes, several kind of griefs I'm going through right now. Okay, and it gets a little bit blurry from time to time because I'm grieving about the condition in the churches currently. I uh, I left. A church that I was going to yeah. for a minute. Hey, listen, I, I got to. Hey, Anna, I know you've been on hold and trying to reach us, but I have to take a break. It's a hard break. Can you hold on through the next break, and I'll get to you at the uh, next part of the hour. I can hold on. All right, thank you, Anna. Thanks for your patience. All right, this is Southern California Live, and I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back for hour two of Open Line Friday as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.